Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Geek Fuel. And if you go to geekfuel.com slash laser time, you can get a free Star Wars item worth $20. this event or product. Ahoy, hoy, everybody, and welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we can see your doodle. This is your host... Drag puke and that was uh, Bart giving uh, Milhouse the shinning. The shinning. Yes, and I'm your host. Sued. I'm your host, Bob Mackey, and I hope mm. we can get married someday. <laughs> and uh, who else is here with me? Uh, Henry Gilbert in the uh, last half hour is a real garbage dump. Oh, oh wow. man, I got nothing. Uh, Chris Antis to the news and, guy. Uh, today's episode, by the way, this is the chronological exploration of the Simpsons only on the Laser Time Podcast Network. And today's yeah. episode is Brother from the Same Planet, which aired on February 4th, 1993. And Chris will tell us what happened on this mythical day in Simpsons history. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness, Bobby. On this day, uh, this week in history, Dr. Kevorkian helps two people die. Uh, new President-elect Bill Clinton addresses constituents for the first time over the radio airwaves. And most importantly, Stephen Urkel reads Harriet's Diary on Family <gasps> Wow. Yes. Yeah, it's a violation <laughs> yeah. of privacy. I don't agree with that. What is more <laughs> offensive, that or Kevorkian? <laughs> I, 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 hey, that just got legalized in uh, Colorado, right? Uh, I, I made some jokes about that. My parents, we just had to deal with all the grandparents healthy and well until their bodies can literally hold out no longer They're just and, a beating heart and a brainstem but you can still be kept alive for another 15 years yeah we've and seen they were, uh, terry shibo yeah. in recent years and they were like yeah no so they registered with some portland agency my, my mom is like all set up to get killed and die wow. instead of being a burden on me well yeah that's what happened with my grandmother that i don't she didn't want to go unnaturally i guess or i don't know she she just decided the coward's to, way out for your 100 year old grandmom uh, she was 83 but she just wanted she was like she's cancer. got liver cancer she's never gonna it's not it can't be fixed i give up but she she just wasted away to nothing she mm-hmm. didn't end it fast i was like you know for those last two months maybe just maybe just swallow some pills mm-hmm. or something i guess there's an impulse in your in your brain somewhere that you can't control it's just like no live live yeah keep yeah. living there should be a place to like well maybe you don't blow your brains out on christmas day uh, in front of your whole family <laughs> no funeral <laughs> that's no just funeral. a mess uh, <laughs> okay so this episode was oh boy for tom cruise that's right what a revelation Wait, in what? the commentaries yeah. uh which were released like 12 years ago probably but this seems like a big deal that i they, they should probably be afraid to discuss before you know the commentary came out yeah so they wrote this the, they wrote this episode as their big tom cruise episode really? he was going to guest star and be bart's bigger brother mm-hmm. and uh he turned it down multiple times they they kind of thought they had an in you know james l brooks he worked with him and so yeah and tom and, was not into it and they heard that tom cruise no matter where he was yeah. filming would mm-hmm. have would order the simpsons shipped to him 
if there was a new episode like on VHS, we could watch it in his trailer where he was filming. Man, we're at the, like the last because he is the last movie star. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, and like at the last bit of like, well, I can't do television. Mm. I'm a movie star. Maybe he interpreted something as a Scientology joke. They had not made well, any of those yet. I don't think he hasn't Nancy, played anything on TV to this Nancy day. Nancy Cartwright's a Scientologist. That's so another connection. He should have given him the wink of like, yeah, come on in. Like nobody talks about that. And we, got Phelans. we got Phalans. We got Phalans. The Simpsons have paid for a lot of Scientology. <laughs> yeah. Think. Unfortunately, oh, I, I'm hoping for the day she Leah Ramini's and just leaves and is like, because she can't actually like. That's how Leah Ramini was able to leave too. She's like, she was the one non-closeted, non-murderer that they <laughs> they had no right. they had no secrets on her, so she could just leave and write a tell-all. So I'd have to think that Nancy has that same opportunity. I think it was Nancy who really crashed that helicopter on the Twilight Zone movie set. Uh-huh. That's that's uh-huh. what they're keeping yep. against her. Yeah, that's um, why I wonder if she got mad when. If she got mad in the uh, in the episode with the Scientology dudes, uh, the joy of sect. The funny thing is, weirdly enough, I just watched the episode and the commentary with it over the weekend, and they only mention Scientology once, and it's bleeped. You can tell they cut it out. Uh, and Matt oh, says, really? no, 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 we, we were making fun of S. Yeah. And they say nothing else about Scientology. And Nancy Cartwright is not on the commentary, obviously. Certainly but, not. Yeah. What, was she too dim to understand that? She had to understand. No, I would think she'd understand. Yeah. And if she didn't understand, much like with Isaac Hayes, somebody would have told her, they're making fun of this. Yeah. And either way, a job's a job. Yeah, a job's a job. There's I, a lot of Christians out there doing voices on this and that. And she donates a lot of money to them, so mm. I don't think they want her to cause a stink. Mm. One more thing uh, also comes up on the commentaries is that this is a notoriously hated episode by some staff members. When David Merkin joined to be a showrunner in season mm-hmm. five, James L. Brooks sat him down to make him watch his episode, and he said, we want no episode like this. Like, really? this is a bad yeah. Simpsons episode. So and I think it so holds up. Moments. I think it yeah. really it's holds up. to John Vitti, but what yeah. the episode, John Vitti wrote it. Jeffrey Lynch directed it. Mm-hmm. John Vitti is a great writer. He wrote Mr. Plow. This is the next mm-hmm. episode after Mr. Plow. I'll tell you guys ahead of time, if you're waiting for discoveries from his Twitter account, unfortunately, I think this episode aired in... So <laughs> he, during Every Simpsons Ever, he tweeted out sure. the stories. But I think this episode aired late at night when he was asleep, so he didn't like it. That, that marathon... It will still be happening, maybe? Yeah, it might like, be, yeah. Like right yeah. now? 600, 600 episodes? Damn. Yeah, I don't know when this is going up. But so John Vitti, he did take offense to it. I don't think... This episode is the... We talked about how Monorail broke the show, but mm-hmm. like this episode is filled with almost as much craziness and weirdness It's and filled with cartoons. a lot of like, like... Was that a reference to this? Like, All of this is very clearly clearly a yes. reference to something. Yeah. And, uh, and when you say this is Tom Cruise, I'm like... Wow, the the main new character is highly overwritten or underwritten, uh, or he's not in the episode at all, as much as you'd like to yeah, think he is. Really. He has like five lines. Tom is kind of like a Mary Sue; like he can do no yeah. wrong. He's perfect in every way. But I feel like, like if you'd write for Tom Cruise, had, yeah. had you someone of uh, a celebrity stature here, it, well, one like why is this is the first real substantial role of Phil Hartman, mm-hmm. even though he has like episode long role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it is. Lyle Landley was pretty big. It is, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but this, that that just happened. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> so we never referenced the uh, chalkboard gags. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to bring up this one. Mm-hmm. It, it confirms that Skinner does have a toupee, and he was established <laughs> from the beginning to have a toupee. But Matt Groening was like, we don't want to do the joke of a toupee falling off, yeah. someone losing their toupee, but he has a rug. 
and that is established Matt for this chalkboard says, Will gag. that sustain 28 years in the year? And I have uh, to imagine they at least made one toupee gag yeah. uh, since I stopped watching. In the <laughs> second issue of the 1996 Simpsons comics, oh. he, they show him gluing his toupee back on. I they do were have, not too cheap for that. I have vague memories of that. It's yeah. the one where Bart goes to jail uh, with Sideshow side Bob. Oh, wow. Bart is trying to rip off Skinner's toupee with a vacuum cleaner and it fails and Bart's like oh I guess it's not a toupee and then cut to Skinner gluing it back onto his head like this toupee glue's really great Willie so I guess Macarena was not watching those comics although he should have been because he was like writing uh, Stan Lee style uh, intros that, and stuff he did but you know, look he's a busy man he's got a cash check lots so of pies lots can of I, fingers can I say this before we forget about it entirely um, this the, the episode title is based on the movie Brother from Another Planet yeah. yeah, which is a black exploitation movie starring uh, oh, Joe Morton, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. Yes. Joe Morton from Speed. It... He told Keanu Reeves, "Don't get that Jack." <laughs> um, Directed by John Steele. Oh, yeah, uh, he's a uh, Jesus he, in Terminator Two. Yeah, he's, he's the, a uh, Cyberdyne fellow. Cyberdyne dot. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah. this is one of his his like early movies. Uh, the brother from another planet. He's a mute alien. Um, this is the first time we've seen Nelson's dad. Maybe uh, the last yes. time. Uh, it's one of the Phil Hartman roles nobody talks about. That's that right. Phil Hartman is Nelson's yeah, dad. He's all over the damn place. Boys, it wasn't easy choosing only one of you for the free week at Pele's soccer and acting camp. Let's all congratulate Nelson. <laughs> so it's a plot point in later episodes that Nelson's dad left, yeah. but a much later episode explained where he went. One I actually watched when I was still watching wow. the show. Uh, yeah. So Nelson's dad went out for cigarettes, and he planned to come back. Mm-hmm. He bought a candy bar with peanuts in it, not knowing that. He's allergic to peanuts. He eats the candy bar. His head inflates because of the reaction. A circus guy finds him. He can't talk. <sighs> He's captured by the circus. And he's like sort of like this mutant man that people throw peanuts at. And because they throw peanuts at him, his condition never changes. So he's uh, been kidnapped by a circus, and he meant to come back. And that's why he doesn't sound like Phil Hartman in, like, 2001. I guess not. It was probably, like, 2006, I want to say. a lengthy Elephant Man parody, I Yeah. And, yeah, I I love the way Nelson says, thanks, Dad. Yeah, just to hammer it in about the nepotism involved. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and we also have oh sorry Henry. It was a long time before I saw Barton Fink. After oh me too. <laughs> I did not. I didn't know. I thought I didn't get this at all. Bart can think. I thought they were making a, a Bart joke because yeah, it happens thought, like two seconds later. I thought it was sincerely a dirty movie yeah. until like I knew about the Coen. It is so funny this yeah. reference. Come on, Bart. We're gonna go sneak into an R-rated movie. It's called Barton Fink. I can't. I told my dad I'd wait for him. Barton Fink. I don't have children, but when I do, I'm going to bore the shit out of them with a few movies. And Barton Fink will be one of them. It is amazing. I didn't discover it until I was like 23. I love Barton Fink. It's so great. I was in my mid-20s, too, and I just knew it from this episode. Like, what are they even saying? What does that mean? I I caught the reference after I saw the movie. I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Because it was a a movie that was probably out at the time of this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It was probably like 90, 91, Mm -hmm. I think. John Goodman is incredible. And Totoro. Some of their best roles. Him running oh, down the hallway. Well, so my great. my favorite line is when the the cops are interviewing Totoro about Goodman. Is like they are implying that they had a homosexual relationship. He's like, it's like, did you guys have sex? And he's like, what? We're men. We wrestle. <laughs> I just love that one. When I saw it for the first time, uh, the DVD menus were spoiler themed. Really? So something happens to a location in the movie that is different than the beginning. 
and that location is presented as it is in the end of the movie in the oh, DVD menu. God, I want to say what I it know is. exactly what you're talking yes, about. Yes, so like when you turn on the DVD, it's like, oh, this location. Oh, fire everywhere. Yes, okay, fire. well, we were, we're not saying what caught on fire, yeah. but it's just like... No, oh, I, Bob, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. You guys got, yeah, listeners, watch Barton Fink. No, no, watch every Coen Brothers movie. Well, I mean, sure, yes, I read but... reviews of everyone like, this one is not... Hail Caesar's like one of the best movies of the goddamn year. Shut up, I'm all you say, bored critics. You've seen Lebowski. You probably not have seen Barton Fink. Barton ever. Fink. Yeah. Or Miller's Crossing. Or Raising or Arizona. Hutsucker? Watch that. Oh, Hot Sucker Proxy so good. That's I watch great. it once a year. But yeah, uh, I definitely didn't get the Barton Fink joke as a kid. Here's a reference I don't get. Because, uh, okay, so at this point, Bart... And this is pretty devastating for a kid. And, like, trying to... Like, only now, as an adult, watching this episode, trying to emphasize... Uh, empathize from the view of a kid of, who's not been picked up. Mm-hmm. And oh, I don't... Yeah. My parents never would have done this to me. I could see myself doing oh. this to my children. This brings back some tragic memories, because I had a deadbeat dad briefly, and there were mm-hmm. a few instances where this actually happened. Oh, like, you don't oh. get picked up? Yeah, from school. Wow. Uh, very rarely, because he wasn't around very much. But <laughs> uh, this, I'm, I'm secretly wounded. Do you, do you, what do you do at that point? Do you call somebody? Uh, Are there still people around? Well, you're there, six, and like you... A, an adult who's not allowed to leave until the last kid is gone? I think so. You're six, and you cry a lot until someone helps you, wow. and call somebody else, like oh. your grandma. But, well, uh, I, yeah. boy, this, this... I cannot believe I turned on by the idea of you crying at six years old. <laughs> it hasn't happened in 30 years. <laughs> this uh, this conversation makes me think back to like, just brought back mm-hmm. this visceral memory of, mm-hmm. like, my parents always were there to pick me up, except oh, yeah. there was one time my mom was like, I think she had car trouble or something, she locked her keys in her mm-hmm. car, and this was in like 1988, there aren't cell phones, and mm-hmm. so... I'm just at the babysitter's place, like, and I was just, like, waiting and waiting. It was, like, 5.30, and I was, like, having, like, kid anxiety mm-hmm. attacks. Like, my mom's never coming back. The sun is my going mom down. Is dead. I don't know what's going on. Like, it's like it's when you lose your mom in a grocery store, and you're like, yeah. okay, new family time. This exactly. is it. It's over. My life is over. I, I, I have, like, my parents were and are so attentive. I was arrested for shoplifting at Walmart. My mother showed up, even though, like, you have to pick them up from the juvenile detention facility like i'm gonna drive behind she drove behind the cop car and flipped me off the whole time <laughs> wow uh and waited until i was processed was she driving with the middle fingers yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's one of my like my most visceral memories my oh. mother flipping me off behind the wheel of the cop wow. car i'm in the back seat of um, this is a reference i don't get though that could be dad station wagon luggage rack i am woman hear me roar and numbers too big to ignore and I know too much to go back to pretend. <laughs> so like, I, I'm mentioning this because I never got this reference. And for some reason, Henry, you were over. Brett was over. I played this in our in our house while we were waiting, waiting to record something. And this moment came on and both you and Brett sang the song mm-hmm. word for word. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't get any of this. Why is there this woman who looks sort of like Homer? So there are two scenarios that I can think of. One is that it's a non sequitur. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be that this very mannish woman looks like Homer she has and has the th- same car. Three o'clock sh- five o'clock shadow. Yeah. It could be a mean spirited joke where it's like this feminist is very manly. So and that's why she looks like oh, Homer. I never so it's not it a more that. specific reference to a musical or anything like that. No, I mean no. it's a song by Helen Reddy, which was like a soft feminism song mm. in the nineteen seventies. I think option B is a little too mean spirited for the simpsons i don't want to yeah think what's it. option b uh that it's an ugly feminist mm. and that's why bart thinks it's homer so that song was popular in the early 70s i looked this <laughs> up here it was helen reddy was the woman who sang it and she, i heard her give an interview about this on like vh1 where she it's all she'll be remembered for now the simpsons yes she talked Poor about woman. how this was a one-hit wonder it was kind of like it was a feminist song at, back when those weren't a big deal mm-hmm. or those those were a big deal you know I, did, I didn't think no the phrase was from a song if that's yeah. the case i mean and it's her singing about how powerful women are 
and uh, but she also talked about how she was part of the women's lib movement and and that she was this uh, that she confused people by not being an ugly lesbian, which mm. apparently they all expected women in the women's lib movement to be. Which, by the way, that's perfectly fine. Ugly lesbians get lots of shit done. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, but I hope it's not that. Uh, so my reading of it always that that was not that sinister. It mm-hmm. was. It's a non sequitur joke that Bart is seeing somebody who thinks is Homer because it's a, it's a woman who looks just like Homer because it's silly. And she's singing the song to she confirm to the audience she's clearly not a yeah, woman. The, I think or that a man. I, that's what I think. I think in the construction of the joke is they're like if <clears throat> if the audience sees this and it's just a woman that looks like Homer driving. They might still think it's Homer in drag. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. she has to sing a song that's like, I am a woman. This is yes. still one of the most okay. baffling jokes Henry, ever. you've made it make sense after 25 years. It makes <laughs> sense it now. Still makes, it's, it's the Simpsons. This and the Simpsons movie joke where Homer falls down the grill and says, hey, it looks like my luck is finally starting to turn. And sticks his tongue out and eats a raw shrimp inside his barbecue With like grill. a lizard tongue, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. that's so fucking out there for this show like I feel like it has to be based on something I'm not I, I don't know where that comes from it could be just another non sequitur but uh, I prefer I, I, like Henry you made it make sense finally I think I'm it's underlining to, yeah. the woman's like woman in anity. yeah that's what I'm trying I never had that reading before it's it's I I, I trust the the writers of the Simpsons mm-hmm. too much to not go there yeah me too um, but they were mean enough to make fun of wings like, that's true <laughs> Also, that like what, like the third appearance uh, of the Rumpus Room? Yeah. Yes, and it is from uh, Three Men in a Comic Book. And is I want to say that reused animation. Oh, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, coming up next on Wings, eh, who cares? <laughs> so Duckman, I must mention Duckman. <laughs> I hate to interrupt. Wings, 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 and wings. Exactly. Uh, like, I <laughs> Duckman was that. in a made-for-TV movie yeah. about him grabbing a woman's ass, yeah. which was very similar to a Simpsons episode. We'll talk yeah. about that when we get to that one. But two years, they mm-hmm. uh, they made fun of how USA was like a dumping ground for wings, and I remember Bernie saying, "USA, are they on at night?" <laughs> <laughs> I just Wing, love Wings is one of the show I, uh, shows I endured a lot. Maybe it was the USA reruns for the most part yeah but it I feel like it was on for years and like I've music. never heard anybody talk about this nobody likes this nope. it has no fans what is the modern wings like okay it's on inexplicably forever yeah. and it's just like omnipresent and just mediocre I I, I feel like when so I go back part? to my when I go back to my parents house every hour of every day they're playing 30 rock so if you don't like 30 uh, rock that might be but it got like critical acclaim. It did. Wings never got critical acclaim. But That's, it's but it's fucking everywhere. I, I think that shows you the health of sitcoms mm-hmm. back then. That like one that has no reason to exist. That mm-hmm. that at best has like three funny people oh. in its ensemble. Oh well, no. Everybody on that show is funny. Okay, Tom Hayden Church is funny. Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. Funny. Stephen uh, Weber. Yeah. Okay. Stephen Weber. Sure. Uh, the woman who was in Problem Child. Eventually. Mm, yeah. uh, no. Amy Asbeck. Amy Asbeck. All of them were funny. The original voice of Superman. But what I bet it was is that like there were more people watching Wings than watching The Simpsons, and Wings oh, was yeah. being played more places. That could be it. And there was an episode of The Critic where uh, <laughs> they want Satan to renew Wings, and, and he's like, "Tell him there are limits to even my dark powers." Yes. <laughs> I mean, the show was running on fumes, and even Lowell left the show. Like Tom St. Like, Church was like, "I don't." Tony Shalhoub, uh, that was one of his first yeah, uh, non-terrorist acting roles. I was yes, <laughs> I was so happy for him when he finally got to be Monk and not got in, and that he got to be more famous in Wings and not like crazy foreigner. I think he gives like an award to uh, people of Arab descent who do not play terrorists. Like, yes. thank you for not playing a terrorist. Wow. Here's an award. He's maybe played more aliens than terrorists. Yeah, uh, well, th- this is a great sequence that's hard to show you in audio form. But oh, the flying nun joke is really every one of them. This isn't funny. Every one of them is great. Uh, The I'm on my way. Every time someone 
we're doing a show and like you guys, you guys coming and I just send you the Wheel of Fortune picture of I'm on my way. Uh, that's how I tell people I'm I'm about to be there. But uh, like all of it, the uh, drab trum trab like trab pew sip. Yes, it's all great. I told you to stop writing on the walls. And the only reason I'm playing this clip is because uh, Phil Hartman's in it. After 16 glorious seasons, the Green Bay faithful bid farewell to Brian Bartlett Star. I keep thinking I'm forgetting something. <laughs> think with all this noise <laughs> uh i love this sequence i really do i can identify with homer's like not forget like not noticing something i've been there too. i forget things constantly but what's happening is i'm working really hard on other things i'm not watching wheel of fortune yeah and a farewell salute to a football player i've never heard of bart bart star uh, actually retired in the oh 70s. that's a real person it's a real person God, actually the episode in season nine where homer coaches bart's football Duh. team is called bart star the episode <laughs> itself so there you go Fuck. And, and you know the trap pew sip line mm. That was actually one I didn't see The Shining, but The Shining from the Halloween episode, mm -hmm. that's the one that then told me, oh, that, this extended Shining reference reminds me that that one in Brother from Another Planet is a Shining See, I didn't reference. get that either, especially with the uh, Lisa Simpson Twin Peaks uh, oh, reference, yeah, yeah. The, the backwards You're in your suit. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> this, this might be my line of the show. It made me laugh so much for years every single time. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Mart that Homer finally gets the revelation the revelation that he left Bart behind while in the tub Bart Dad hide your shame hey homie I can see your doodle shut up Flanders <laughs> there go the last lingering threads of my heterosexuality yeah but just not there's, the first time so this many, season he's run naked but yeah. there's two different PG words for dick that I've never heard before <laughs> I can see your doodle Doodle and shame. Yeah, hide your well, shame. And so Homer must have gone back in to put on clothes because he picks up Bart when he's wearing I clothes. I think if you're Homer Simpson, you have a change of clothes in your car. Uh, and also, though, that line, Ned saying that is another of those time filler lines that there's a few in there of like, pause the mm -hmm. screen and yeah. somebody off screen says something. If, but, if you've read about like comedians who do punch-up work on DreamWorks movies, <laughs> that is... And this, to me, is one of the funniest jokes ever. Yeah. Some of my favorite Simpsons jokes are someone screaming from off screen. They work sometimes. Not and all that's, the time. Someone said, that, like, that's when I punch up a DreamWorks Blue Sky script. That's Patton Oswalt, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. But it <laughs> totally was. That's a great bit. That's a great bit. But it is. That's what it is. It's like people shouting things off screen to make another joke. Yeah. Because well, you can't animate new no, stuff. Like, no, that's no, no, expensive. No. Your joke might be funny, but you can't bring in 19 animators like to render it. Bruce Valanche Bruce Valanche is thrown in uh, to, to say, check, please. <laughs> And I so <laughs> for five figures. I can see your. <laughs> I can see, I your, can doodle. see your doodle. I feel I like that was that was the callback when Bart says, "Won't they see my doodle in the movie?" In the movie when Homer oh, challenges okay. him to skateboard naked. Won't they see my doodle? I, I feel love like that. that. They only said doodle because Ned says doodle here. That's and what I think. saves Bart. Yeah, from seeing, and from having sees doodle Bart's scene. doodle, but he says penis when he sees Bart's penis. <laughs> and not and they were watching these when they were writing the movies. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel very certain of that. Th but this, oh man, this makes me so happy. That the next, the next part, because this is where Bart well, sees the commercial. Oh, so Homer picks him up, and Bart hates oh, him more yeah. than anything. His 
his simmering anger. I, as a kid, I had felt that anger at my parents, though likely not anywhere near as justified as Bart. Now, how oh, about no. a hug? Mine is the most white privilege one ever. They bought my sister a car and not me. Yeah. Because yeah. I had to buy my own car and it died. And uh, my sister, who's younger than me, who got great grades, was a great person and did great things, whereas I did none of that shit. I constantly <laughs> got in trouble, failed out of, got kicked out of schools. Uh, she got bought a car and I decided I'm not going to speak to my parents for four months. Wow. And it was the most angry we've ever been at one another. So wow, that's what this reminds man. me of. Though, just some kind of crude sign language or note passing system? I don't or? know. Because they still fed me. And it's like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm not talking to you. I'm too cool. <laughs> but I, well, I do not drive around in your Volvo. Get <laughs> out of here. I do remember my dad pretending that he like, or just trying to get past an argument like, like Homer does of, yeah, we were both wrong. Or who's to say who's wrong? Let's just move on. Like, let's just forget that, it. that is one of my favorite clips. Did you bring you ice cream? Bart's not mad at me. He called you a bad father. Marge, when kids these days say bad, they mean good. And to shake your booty means <laughs> to wiggle one's butt. Permit me to demonstrate. No. <laughs> this is old, old I animation. I love that line, but that scene was so distracting. It's like yeah. season two, right? Yeah, yeah. Early season two. It almost... Homer is so rounded, and it's it's With all the, these... The colors are different, even? Yeah, it's yeah. really distracting. I wonder what the original line was that yeah. they like, inserted in there. Someone find us these scripts, like the, the first yeah. draft or the table read. I want to know. But they they've got to be on out the there. DVD, right? No, they're no. not. Some of them are, but only Maybe, in like season three, They, they were more comprehensive with their DVDs, like... The season after this, yeah. they had tons of. Uh, actually, I had one of their script versions uh, of the Krusty is canceled episode. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in Ooh, that episode. Up soon. I'm going to really reveal some secrets there. But here we go. Speaking of meanness, Ooh. this is some cruel shit to what? SNL. Oh yeah, yeah. This is some. But mean, written mean by stuff. people who never worked on it. Never Not worked me on it. Wrote on it for a year. But uh, Al Jean and Mike Reese did this. Did this they stuff. Know, they bothered like the to distance itself by calling it Tuesday Night Live. Yes. Yeah. Although Krusty references Lorne in like. It's Gr- G. E. Smith is there. I, I'm, I know, I'm growing up. I'm getting woke comedy wise and watching SNL every. Me I thought G. E. Smith was a part of every. G. E. Smith is such a small part of SNL. It's what I remember most. And I know, like, but that's when we came up. I was, uh, you know, we eleven. I was eleven watching SNL, <laughs> and I'm like, this is so funny. But uh-huh. then The Simpsons had this bit. And I'm like, am I supposed to not like SNL now? It... Asked me to host the show. I said, Lauren, why me? <laughs> I mean. I did just star in my first movie with Marvin Hagler and Tova Borgnine. Yeah! <laughs> so I, I did look this up. Uh, Marvin Hagler was the uh, he was the middleweight champion uh, from 80 to 87. Oh, yeah! I love Mar- Marvin Hagler's great. starring in a movie with Krusty the Clown. After boxing, he went on to star in Italian action movies. Wow, really? And Tova Borgnine is Ernest Borgnine's wife. Yes. When he was alive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't know Marvin Hagler acted. Marvin, the story of Marvin. Uh, watch a documentary on the story of Marvin Hagler versus Sugar Ray Leonard. Because Marvin Hagler chased Sugar Ray Leonard his whole life. Then Sugar Ray wouldn't give him a match, retired. Marvin Hagler won the title, and then he tries to deny Sugar Ray a win, uh, or d- deny him a match. Then when they finally have a match, it's one of the closest boxing matches of all time where. When you watch it, they say you could uh, say either side won. It's incredible. It's it's a great documentary. I, I hate sports. Mm-hmm. I love boxing documentaries. It's amazing. Because most of you, in terms of games, you play like 1.5 times a year. 
<laughs> that defines your who you body are. will die. Yeah, yeah. You, it defines you for decades, though. Yeah, for decades. But so the SNL stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, I want to talk about this. John Beatty wrote for it, as did George Meyer. He said he had a very SNL. unhappy year there. Yeah. John Beatty, Conan O'Brien, John Schwartzwelder. Well, Conan O'Brien had a different experience. No, he had a good time. They I loved think. him there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but George Meyer and most of the people hated do. It. They hated it, and I think. Like, Schwarzwelder did a couple of years and then left to do, like, advertising. The, the way people describe working in SNL is the way a lot of people describe working at Amazon now. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, if you can't hack it, leave. Like, I remember Bob Odenkirk on the Mr. Show commentary mm-hmm. saying, like, you're spending too much yeah. money on sets, and yeah. why is every sketch a talk show? Like, yeah. not every, not every uh, sorry, sketch has to be a talk show. Yeah, he, and and Bob one, made it, he quoted a price on that. Yes. Like, that, like yeah. why is every set $20,000? 20, $20, like, yeah. I can make you an episode of the show for $20,000. And then Bob Odenkirk is, like, he is key to the era they're mocking in yeah. here. He was one of their top writers. So this is, like, the frat boy era of SNL, right? We have, like, the, right up. the Sandlers and the Space. I, yes, I it's right upon that, but this is them mocking eighty six to ninety two. It, it is, and it's, okay. it's mocking a lot of the stuff. Dana, Car- like uh, I thought of Head Wound Harry. Yeah, yeah. I was did. gonna say, what is the Big Air family? What is mad about Shoe? Like, or <laughs> or man with no depth perception. Yeah, that's yeah. I thought of sketches. It's Pat and. Uh, Though Edward as a Harry. kid, I love those things. I yeah. Toots is the driving cat. I love Toots. It made me fall in love with comedy. Ever. Um, it's time for another episode of the Big Ear Family. Honey, I'm home. Oh, I got wax in my ears. Better clean them. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, this goes on for 12 more minutes. <laughs> But I, I think, like, that criticism of SNL is warranted. Yes. But also, like, that's why they're better than you. Mm-hmm. You don't try untested things on the air. You you, you focus test S- things to death. ADR, Simpsons is doing ADR reuse animation right now. When an SNL, SNL has, doesn't have that option. works, mm-hmm. it is It's perfect. a miracle. And it changes... It can, like, change society or yeah. change the mm-hmm. American society with catchphrases and shit. Like, and uh, when Harry Shearer was on the show in, oh. like, 85, I think, and on SNL, he... No, it was, like, 79. He wasn't on that early, was he? was. He? I thought it was early 80s. Anyhow, no, well, he's got a Dick great... Dick Ebersol took over in 80s. He's got a great story and... about that. that Lauren, yeah. Lauren didn't tell him he wasn't hired on as a performer. Oh. Or he did tell him he was hired on as a performer. So I, I, but didn't else. allow him to perform. I just heard his WTF interview again, and I remember... It's crazy. It's, it's great because, like... He's a sour dick, okay? Harry Shearer sucks in some ways. But he was right. He goes on the SNL. He has TV producing experience. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're running the show wrong. The way you're running the show sucks. Like, this show was set up to run on cocaine. Yes. And we're not doing that anymore. It still is. We need to have more preparation. We don't need to be writing at 3 in the morning. And he was just mad about that. And he's he's right. It should not be written like this anymore. But Mm -hmm. it still is. It's just an institution that will never change. But I like that. We admire. I admire how South Park is written. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to love South Park to admire. Like you have five weeks to put this all together. I think there a lot of that days. is just like false populism. Like we're just like you. We don't even care. And it's just like they can put anything on the air. No, I think I think in order to to make a comedic fictional piece that responds exactly to something happening in the news in the in those days, you have to take those chances. I appreciate it because I feel like no one will ever do it again. And, and SNL, like, I love that SNL existed. Like you can't work there as an old person. Only Lauren. No, no, no. You you have to be. Young. I couldn't do it now. It's been my dream to work on. I don't show. know how Daryl Hammond hung in there. Well, well I think it's he's called in to do one sketch every six months. Yeah. So, so it blew my mind here watching it again. Hartman. Was like that Phil Hartman, who is currently he's currently a cast, a cast member. member. He goes the Big Air family. He's he <laughs> knows what he's making fun of. He should be very aware of what he's. Making making fun of with mm-hmm. that line. 
Uh, I especially did love the line. Like I thought the most savage line was actually the last half hour is a real garbage dub. Yeah. No, because that's, if you're a comedy nerd, it's where everything season. awesome lunch. That is where yeah. the Doctor Poop sketch was. <laughs> I can't the, help you, yes. but I can do the robot. <laughs> uh, I just I, the last episode I watched was uh, Kristen Wiig hosting, and there's a sketch, a cat based sketch with her and Kate McKinnon. It is the greatest thing I've ever I seen. I think I have seen that, and yeah. it's dumped at the end. And Wayne's World was dumped at the Wayne's end too. World the first was? Wayne's World was I Buster Poindexter. Oh. The, the most insulting thing is Bart saying I miss Joe Piscopo implying that Joe Piscopo who sucks super hard is better than this era of SNL which you is watch so how wrong. you talk about the governor of New Jersey when are we recording this <laughs> in the the mugging of G.E. Smith to the camera is like yeah. it's perfect too like like Brett and I will just cue that music and it makes us crack up like 1993 <laughs> to 95 air SNL like a relentlessly noodling guitar solo with saxophones yeah with it's so ugh. so yeah it's, it's Saturday Night it's Live really mean to, Sorry. it's really mean to Saturday Night Live but they're like correct things and yet as a kid I couldn't reconcile those two things because I was watching Comedy Central Saturday Night Live reruns all the time yeah. Well, All and also, to say, if I had to say The Simpsons, which I don't, uh, they make 90 times the material than you do. Yeah. With 6% of the staff. There's like z- like 0% curation. Like, yeah. we just need content on yeah. the air and musical acts, <laughs> and that's it. It's a fucking, it's a variety show that has an expiration date. And I love that about it. That's, yeah. Always will. The Simpsons will be right back. Thank you guys so much for listening. Wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Geek Fuel. Geek Fuel premium delightful mystery box featuring six to eight items and an exclusive shirt. We always refer to Geek Fuel like a birthday present you give yourself or as a gift to a loved one every single month because Geek Fuel is all about brightening up your day once a month with cool goodies featuring your favorite stuff like Marvel, DC, Nintendo, Pop Figs, Zelda, Halo, Star Trek, Ghostbusters, Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, Futurama. The list goes on and on, ranging from pint glasses, cards, posters, shirts, comic books, and each box is guaranteed to contain $50 worth of stuff and geek boxes start for as little as $14 plus shipping and handling. If that weren't enough, you can go to geekfuel.com slash laser time and receive a bonus Star Wars item worth $20 absolutely free. If you're looking to put a pep in your geeky step, consider Geek Fuel. And if you want that free Star Wars item, head to geekfuel.com slash laser time. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1986. The final episode of Star Wars oh. Ewoks. I hate this song. Oh. I have never heard this. There's two, there's two seasons. One of the theme songs. This is awful. It's, it's Sorry, pretty is this bad. Nick Cave I, and the Bad Seeds? It, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Tone Loke, but that's... <laughs> It downer. does sound like the Tone Look Fern Gully yeah. song. It's such a downer. I don't want to go on an adventure. Big I just want to nap now. <laughs> That's 302010, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Time Network.
But, as, as is the case in these Gina Reese episodes, watching TV introduces a plot point. It does. Yes. It introduced the uh, the big... I didn't even get it. The the, the Big Brother... Cause I don't, like, the Big Brother commercial? Yeah. I, I love the narrator. He's like, no, he's not coming no, back. No, he's not coming back. <laughs> uh, but that, that Bart can get back at Homer for being a shitty dad by getting a new one. Mm-hmm. And what is a, a brilliant thing. I wish I was a little younger because I probably would have like done this to get revenge on my parents. And I don't know why Tom and Peppy weren't hooked up with before. Ah, like, yeah. Well, because um, remember? Oh, no, no. Why was she being so selective? She's like, finally, a white kid who needs help here. I've been saving <laughs> well, Tom just for you. Homer did want a white version of Peppy. Yes, <laughs> he did ask for it specifically. A blonde one. But yeah. we get to meet Tom, voiced yeah. by Phil Hartman. I've been saving someone special for a case like yours. Bart Simpson. Yo. I'm Tom. Let's ride. Dude, I was oh. going to ask all of you why this sounded so... Simpsons hasn't, hasn't made a real 80s reference, and the music here yeah. gets really 80s. I think it if is it, like... If uh, it were Tom Cruise, it's, Tom it's very Cruise Top Gun-y. From Top Gun. Yeah. He shows up, and he also is a fighter pilot. They're yes. making the musical references that would make more sense if we heard Tom Cruise's yes. voice. Yes, yeah. and his name is Tom! I didn't even understand. I didn't and I, understand I like how in the commentary, Mike Reese just says, you know, screw you. <laughs> because he deserves it. Like, they, they made you a Simpsons episode. The least you could do is do, like, ten minutes of voice acting. That's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are you so good with Tom Cruise? In 92, he thought he was going to win an Oscar for... For a few good men, and All right. just pulling back—is that it? Like, I, I I'm too good it. for the Simpsons. Uh, but this is also when we get introduced to the B plot. <laughs> the B plot uh, is hotline. The B plot. I'll say this: hot take is more memorable for most people hmm. than the rest yeah. of the episode. I hear more references to the Corey hotline. <laughs> so they're referencing Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Corey yeah. Haim is dead, unfortunately. Uh, Jesus, I do, show is so old. I do recommend Corey Feldman's autobiography, which is a sentence what? I never thought I'd say. <laughs> I mean, it's called Choreography. <laughs> it's great. Okay, I've heard is, it's a real Is bummer. it called Alicory? <laughs> uh, uh, I wish, I wish Alicory was in there, but okay, yes. Yeah, like Henry says, it's a real bummer because um, a lot of the book is about... A uh, a pedophilia ring in Hollywood that people are aware of that he was passed through and Corey Haim was passed through mm-hmm. and this still happens. Uh, children are groomed and turned into actors and molested by powerful men. It wasn't you this time, Chris. Okay, thank God. Uh, but apparently, this man is still doing what he did, and that is one of the reasons why Corey Haim's life went off the rails uh, because of sexual abuse. Mm. I'm sorry to bring this down, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's important to know that you should read choreography. It's and about he had to like befriend Michael Jackson to not be abused. Yes, That's exactly. Insane. That is the craziest thing, but it makes sense if you read. When his Michael book. Jackson yeah. is your sanctuary against molestation, yeah. And then it's... Michael Jackson shut Corey Feldman out of his life because of stupid reasons. So uh, yeah, because he it's... tried to mimic everything he is. Uh, that might have been part of it. What this, is, is, this is the Corey Hotline introduction. Okay. Homer, do you have an explanation for the spell? Oh, with that record club. The first nine were only a penny. <laughs> then they jacked up the price. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair, I tell you. No, no. Someone made $300 worth of phone calls to something called the Corey Hotline. $378. It, that seems more. I pay 150 a month. Uh <laughs> Well, I'm paying off. There's my new no phone. porn <laughs> subscription that costs that much. Poor women. Like, I'm thinking of like, f- like four ninety nine a minute, probably yeah. divided by that number of dollars. And we did a whole laser time episode about, and, and the prices match up about nine hundred numbers. Mm-hmm. 
And not just 900 numbers, like, call me, I'm a sexy lady. Like, no, call and hear Sting read the news to you <laughs> yeah. from WWE or Santa Freddy Krueger. Yeah, or call the call the freak. He's this weird thing on television. I'm the freak. Yeah. And it really, like, it was a celebrity. It really was one of those people just calling, leaving a voicemail. Yeah. Like, hey, fans, love you. Uh, I'm, I'm touring here later. And then, like, they would pay $5. No, it was a that. fucking vine. Yeah. But you had to pay, like, 99 cents a minute. That's a great analogy. analogy. Yeah. It, 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 it was insane. It was like, like pay-per-view vines. This is even legal. And I, I do love that like, the last two episodes are flawed Lisa. Lisa yeah. being so, able to be a young lady. Lisa was tripping on acid in the last episode. Mm-hmm. She is, she is going she's through also drug beha- withdrawal She's in this also episode. behaving badly in the one fucking uh, addiction allegory we have in The Simpsons. Yeah. The first one, at least, is Lisa. Is yeah, Lisa trying to true. break through? I, I know that Yardley Smith had had, as she talked about how she didn't like Lisa having mm-hmm. a crush on on a boy because she's eight and she thought it was too young for that. And so her being a girl, like it feels like more of a tween thing. There, than I yeah. Mean, there's, I think for me, the spiritual, the spiritual sequel episode is the Bob's burgers where mm. Luis can't help, but be attracted to a boy band member. That's true. And is so angry about it. And she yeah. only wants to <laughs> slap his face. Yes. Slap. I just want to hit him so much. Uh, I love that episode. <laughs> boys, so great. No, it's not boys for now. Is I'll never be able to understand lady sexuality, especially not at this age, <laughs> but there's no, there's no good outlet for it. And so mm. I can see a Corey hotline being, yeah, I, I grew up in the New Kids in the Block period. Yeah, yeah, and that was a merchandising sensation based on little girl sexuality. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Corys in '92 are probably going off the cliff at yes. this point. I mean, well, they're more like late '80s. I associate should have been with. Jordan or Joey. I mean, or Danny yeah. or Danny. Oh, I don't blame the Simpsons writers for being out of touch with what. <laughs> Ten-year-old uh, girls find. Sexy. I mean, this is Marky Mark's time to shine. If anything, yeah, right? Ninety-two. Yeah. Corey was definitely out at eight by ninety-three. You want to hear Lisa saying the words "good vibrations"? Is that what you want, Bob? <laughs> but yeah, the, I was well, happy enough with of, Bobby Sherman. Yeah. When I was a girl, I had a crush on Bobby Sherman. <laughs> the point is, I want you to stop making these calls. All right, Mom. I promise you will never be billed for another call. <laughs> Sherman. <laughs> it's like the second time. I love Lisa belittling yeah. Marge trying to relate to her. If it was if it was Bart laughing, I'd be like, how does Bart know who Bobby Sherman is? But Lisa's smart enough, I go like, all right, she might know. I mean, I, this is the I first time Bobby I looked him up for the first time, and I, I figured he was like a pop I, idol. Yeah. But I looked up his most popular songs, I never heard them before. That's right. I never heard them on the radio, and I feel like if you were a one-hit wonder from 19... 19- 50 to 1990 I've heard your song but but I didn't recognize any of his he's, he's very goody goody very Donny Osmond all the links on his yeah. page are to the monkeys and I think he was supposed to be like well what if what if uh, Jesus Davy jo- Jones Davey yeah. what if Davy yeah. Jones was a solo act and did Pappy okay. Shit written for him by a studio and that's that's who Bobby Sherman was yeah. like he's a dweeb that doesn't even have at least yeah, like you say, it's like the Osmonds, except with the Osmonds, like Donnie and Marie, they It was like, least... when are they going to fuck? <laughs> He's like the Osmonds with less bite. With the, Yes, with Donnie and Marie, you at least had the excitement of a boy and a girl singing. They're and, toothy. And it's like, who were toothy. They at least had that. But meanwhile, mm. like, Bobby Sherman's just like, I like nice things, and I'm Bobby Sherman. Oh, very, a very inoffensive He's... adult male. I yeah. want to play more Corey Call, but I have to get this baseball game clip out, because it sets up the episode it's why so Tom great. hates Homer. Your dad ever take you to baseball games? Nah, his game was blackjack. He bet our life savings on a single hand. If I ever meet your dad... The start of the game will be delayed, so we can introduce the recruiter for the Springfield Communist Party. Boo! 
That's another example of Springfield setting people up to fail. This is the real life Gabby J. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Yay. Though the I like this joke, but here come the pretzels is a funnier mm. lie. Like it's a funnier version of this. Waiting so. for some kind oh, of sanity. <laughs> Though I just associate here come the pretzels with like Brett uses that as his analogy all the time. Me, yeah. I do. You I my do. my line is uh, sometimes you're Whitey Ford, sometimes you're the pretzel. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> is here come the pretzels a, like an analogy for someone turning on something yeah. or yeah, like yeah, a yeah, crowd yeah. turning well, on? Well, I mean, like, comments perhaps. <laughs> Brett and I had a job where like you get to announce things and wait for people to react poorly. Um, <laughs> So here comes a pretzel. So like, well, here it comes. Yeah. Here, here it comes. Um, uh, I forgot that joke about Hibbert with a mash coloring book, which he just takes. With he it. takes it. It's such a good joke. He's laughing at it as he walks. But away, this is yeah. the Corey hotline. I love it so much. Yeah. Hi, you reached the Corey hotline. Four ninety-five a minute. Here are some words that rhyme with Corey: glory, story, allegory. Montessori. <laughs> I could tell he had problems with Montessori. Just yeah. like, I've never seen this Montessori. word before. I don't even know how to define Montessori. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, uh, I remember looking at an earlier episode that we talked about, um, I forget which one it was, but it, I think it was Lisa's Pony, where Lisa and Janie were talking about, like, uh, Lisa had a dream about marrying Corey at a, yeah. a pony ranch. He's taking his shirt off. Yeah. That, that was in Radio Bart. Oh, Radio Bart, yeah. Yes. That's so right. I am I am way drunker than I should be doing the show, I want to say yes. that right now. But I, I do, I, I also want to say, I can't convey how much... I fell in love with The Simpsons first. That yeah. was like my first, like, I'm going to record this and watch this every week. And then Ren and Stimpy came along. And I was like, I don't need The Simpsons anymore. You're like, I only need to record eight episodes. That's all there are. And then after a year of like, I think four episodes. Like, the the last two didn't air for months. Yeah. Uh, so and, I want to say this episode. Right. Um, so I would have I would have stuck. With the with Ren and Stimpy, if they produced episodes, I never would have watched. Well, so I never yeah, would have cared as much about the Simpsons. Bob, again. let's talk about that timeline. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was going to say this was probably approved when John Crickfalusi was still working on Ren and Stimpy. He was oh fired in August of ninety two. Oh and if this aired in January of ninety three, for sure he was pro- still on the show. Yeah, production. If it, this aired in. Uh, Early in January '93, so production-wise, like it must have been like March. Like they've always said, it's like nine months or over nine yeah. months from air to creation. So the, the reason I know John K was still on the show when this this happened is because they had a Ren and Simpy animator mm-hmm. do the layout for this parody. It looks great, and it's not even a parody. It's just yeah. like we're just going to do a scene, and it it's looked- an advertisement for Ren and Stimpy. And, and I like, think it was actually Chris Riccardi who directed a lot of episodes. It looks ah. really, yeah. really good. <laughs> This meatball soup is delicious, Stimpy. That's not meatball soup. That's my collection of fur balls and stomach acid. <laughs> you idiot! You're trying to kill me, man! <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can't say like how pivotal it was to see my favorite show reference my favorite show. To watch show. Bart Simpson laughing at Ren and Stimpy it was, was very crazy. validating for me as it a kid. It was crazy. Yeah. And uh, I want to say that Matt Groening and John Kay uh, were friends then. I assume they still are because mm-hmm. he did some really shitty couch gags for them. They're <laughs> really terrible. Like the They're ugly. It, it's the worst animation you've ever seen in your life. But he turned on John Kay so at this hard. point, he had people up holding him up because he was untalented. But yeah. he got this made and it was great. He's very talented. He's just he's somewhat talented, to work but he's got mental illness. And he should get treated. So, but he was kicked off the show by '93, right? So that's, that's when August of '92 was timeline, when the layoff happened or the firing happened. The timeline for me was like Ren and Simpy was the greatest show for what felt like years. Yeah, but was like a year 
of being awesome. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I said he was untalented. I, that I take that back. You he's, should. Bro. He's a great uh, artist. He's mm-hmm. a shitty animator. And a lot of your favorite mm-hmm. things on Ren and Stimpy are from other people, yeah, not him. True. So don't that's give him all sure. the credit. Yeah. yeah. I, and it's funny though that they they worked on this and in like eight episodes. There will be a very cruel Ren yes, and Stimpy yes. joke, though not wrong. Didn't, didn't you didn't you write an article about that for Lazy yeah, Time? They like, hated animated feuds that you see yeah. in the cartoons. They the writers, I won't say graining, but the writers on The Simpsons definitely hated that he said they remembered it as as John Crickfaluzzi saying The Simpsons is great in spite of its writers. Yeah and, yeah. and that John Kay was very much against writers who can't draw shouldn't be writing it. We, 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 we just quote. talked about that on bonus sign that John Kay was like writers are given a lot of importance in animation. Mm-hmm. And you, we've even talked about here how on the commentary they refer to the animators as the elves who do the things that we like. Yes. Or yeah. like it's that is true, but John Kay was like well, if you can't draw, then you can't write for our cartoon, period. Mm-hmm. And if you don't draw, right. you're not allowed in the writer's room. I love the way he did a show. I, I do like, because <clears throat> I can see myself like full-heartedly trying to embark on the same termite terrorist thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long we're going to go. Well, if this. you want to listen to the entire story of John Crick Felucci, mm-hmm. I tell it on the Creators Fired episode yeah. of Laser Time. It takes about yeah. 20 minutes, but you will learn why John K is great, but Bob Camp is the secret sauce that made Randy Snippy work. He is. He, he made Snippy's Invention happen. If you like that if you like that cartoon, then you love Bob Camp. That That's, is my favorite Randy yeah. Snippy. He it basically a- storyboarded it from start to finish, and that was his cartoon. Yeah, and uh, it was also weird hearing Dan do both, both voices. voices. Yeah. Yes, it was pulling Billy West duty. Like, couldn't they not? Could they not get Billy West? Like, was it? I, I, I thought it was a union thing or something. Well, I don't know the rule. I don't think you can just like Robot Chicken is the only thing that defies this. You can go on another show and well, voice that's a, a cable character. Show, so it's a non-union show. That's kind well, of well. You can thing. go on another show and voice a character that you voice on something else. Yeah. I don't really think that's a thing you can it, do. It's pretty rare except for Robot Chicken. And, and I will say like we brought it up I think in the Monorail episode that like they do a Flintstones parody and like when mm. The Simpsons came out the first three years it couldn't be mentioned in an article without talking about the Flintstones and when Ren and Stimpy premiered that changed. Yeah. You had to yeah. talk about the Simpsons and Ren and Stimpy that's changing true. animation and so seeing this really authentic Ren and Stimpy uh, thing in the middle of The Simpsons was mind-blowing. We can agree. This is not a parody. This is not making fun of Ren and Stimpy. It's like, no, we like it. Here's a Ren and Stimpy scene for 20 seconds. Yeah, I never... I honestly don't know where they stand on it because yeah. it's so accurate to what Ren and Stimpy... Like, the fact... The yeah. only like... Well, he should have hit Stimpy there. Instead, well, yeah, his they, eyeballs twisted in a circle and exploded, and exploded which yeah. is also very Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that would not be on Ren and Stimpy yeah. on a normal episode. And it, again, like you said, drawn by one of the top dudes at the, at the yeah. games animation. Like, yeah. John K. would not let a, a Simpsons animator draw Ren and Stimpy no for way. sure. Yeah. Like, no, I'm surprised. He probably was like, I'm too busy to do this, but I can't let a Simpsons animator do it. And this. it's funny because I think I knew like who was buttering his bread or who would get him exposure because when there was Ren and Stimpy comic book, he was like, none of my people can work on this. I, I'm putting my foot down. None of my animators can draw this comic yep. book but on the Simpsons he had one of his animators do the scene so mm. I think he knew that would get him a lot more like basically oh, like free advertising oh like as an agreement yeah oh I didn't know yeah. that I, I love uh, after this is the show and tell scene I love the show and tell scene and the neural disruptor Yay. for two, for two le- okay. I don't have it but I have this one uh, hi this is Corey hope you and I can get married someday. <laughs> that was my intro uh, in the <laughs> at show and tell I like I feel like I've definitely been the millhouse in things. I'm like, yeah. this is my horsey. I like I that he essentially destroys Martin. <laughs> and I, I've never had a neural disruptor, but I also never did show and tell in the fourth grade. Uh, I that laughed, never happened. I laughed so hard at 
Thank an unprecedented eight-year military build-up. Oh, my God. so hard at that. What a fantasy world that is now. Only eight years of military build-up. Yeah. Thank you, Nixon. Uh, oh, good who? God. Um, this, this is... Man, this... Because a, a couple of sequences in this episode see every single character acting really hard like they're about to get an Emmy nomination. So this is Homer, I think, imitating Richard Burton from Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Yes. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so, but it's it's also like him acting to the fucking rafters. Yeah, I mean, him, him, having, a, him having a drink in his hand yeah. definitely like underlines the Virginia Woolf reference yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Hello, son. Where have you been? Playing with Millhouse. No, you haven't. You've been out gallivanting around with that bluesy of a bigger brother of yours, haven't you? Haven't you? Look at me. Dad, it just kind of happened. You're taking this too hard. How would you like me to take it? Go ahead, Bart. Have your fun. I'll be waiting for you. I'm sorry. I can't do it. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? Oh, you'll see. Yeah. (laughs) This does feel like unfettered craziness from the writers yeah like this made no sense to me until i watched virginia wolf and i'm like i i totally get it you should watch the movie by the way it's it's elizabeth taylor and richard burton arguing with each other drunk for 90 minutes which it's is great great because that was one of the worst couples in hollywood filmed them yes a real uh, couple in real life not only a real couple and jesus uh i went to a wedding i just watched night of the iguana which oh, is where cool. they met and like i went to the place where they consummated their affair mm. and like there are pictures of them all over the joint i'm ah, sorry wow. is that is in florida a, no it's in porto vallarta mexico oh okay which night of the iguana was shot also famously predator wow <laughs> the movie predator was shot Two in the same classics. place um and so homer decides he's gonna get revenge that's homer finding out that bart is cheating on him with another uh, another father i don't Tom. like this allegory but that's what they're writing it is it <laughs> yeah. is uh it's and, very and sexual homer's going to get his revenge by fleeing revenge and what are your reasons for wanting a little brother? Don't say revenge. Don't say revenge. Uh, revenge? That's it. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> she checks off revenge. Uh, yeah, one, one of the six th- check marks. That works. His brain leaving is great, though. It's, it started in the last episode. Yeah. It's going to continue. His brain keeps it, though... It's not as good as when his brain leaves at the cider place and oh. he just falls to the ground. Is that it Burns is. Baby Burns? Yeah. Okay. And I like Yeah, but I get some cider. The movie has the end of that with like the monkey where he like puts the symbols down and like points, listen to your fucking wife, asshole. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a great <laughs> end of that joke. That. It's a, uh, but this this is another character on the Simpsons Happy's acting to the Raptors. eyes are gigantic. <laughs> They're yeah. great. Yeah. He's supposed to be the cutest Wait, kid ever. Uh, before you play this clip, I want to say this joke defines Skinner's mm-hmm. relationship with his mother. Before, she was like a, a sweeter lady mm-hmm. and she was very important to him. But yeah. this is like the negative relationship starts based on a cycle well, reference. I, I think he just calls there's, him there's, spanky there's, yeah. that's it. There's but. too many Hitchcock references swirling around Skinner yeah. at this point. Uh, and so like him looking at Norman Bates' house and yelling at his mother... <laughs> Uh, it's just so this apt so and, and so on the nose. And I'm saying that as in like the Simpsons up to this point were very subtle. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. having never seen Psycho, like that's a Psycho reference because you're telling me a thousand percent clear it's a Psycho reference. Oh, there's mother now <laughs> watching me. What that mother? Well, I have a right to be here. It's school business. I mother, that sailor suit doesn't fit anymore. I think we should go. Uh-huh. 
Because Lisa <laughs> got caught dialing the 900 number again. Uh, yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. they defined his, his relationship with his mother in this episode for, mm-hmm. for real. Because yeah. in the Halloween episode, yeah. like you said, Chris, he got in trouble for calling a girl or something. <laughs> he had to ride the bus with Bart. They make it cl- Yeah. He was right to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this re... This, well... Edna does say his mommy won't let him come out to play yeah, when yeah. she says she won't get with him. But it's weird that this but, is like the only pop culture reference for like a sadistically controlling mother yes, at this yeah. point. They love that at the time. Yeah. But it was I also like that Marge and Lisa are just like, We should go. We should like, yeah. it's just, uh, I'll pu- realize, we'll figure out a punishment later. Let's both get out of here. <laughs> Let's just leave. But, but th- this reference uh, yeah. I didn't understand, but it it, go- it goes into to like it's not my line of the show, it's my favorite joke period of like almost the whole season um your son bart sounds very bad oh he is son i just want you to know i love you very much shut up mm, grapefruit <laughs> i just press this button and the door opens like magic why does it stop there because it's a stupid piece of junk <laughs> All of this is what's missing on Modern Simpsons because, like, framing Homer destroying the garage door from the inside, yeah, is just such for a, a bit. Yeah, all you all you see is a triangle form. Like that's how <laughs> the you metal know just yeah. being like, reshaped by his fist. It's the funniest fucking visual animated joke that's ever existed. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't great. exist at all in the show. I, I love that joke. I forgot that joke too. When I saw. It. I was like, oh shit, it's so great. funny. And like, I can see myself. The, I'm laughing as a little kid. I can see my dad laughing as an adult. Like, and it's the animation that does it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, Homer's noises makes it good too. Yeah, but the it animation does. does it. But and, that's that's part of animation. Mm-hmm. And they did it well. And the grapefruit scene is the actually a reference scene. to the. James Cagney, 1931 movie, pu- The Public Enemy, where he smashes yeah. a grapefruit into his girlfriend's face. Go ready, Tom. Ain't you got a drink in the house? Well, not before breakfast, dear. I didn't ask you for any lip. I asked you if you had a drink. I know, Tom, but... Well, gee, I, I wish that... Hey, you go down wishing stuff again. I wish you was a wishing well. So that I could tie a bucket to you and sink you. Maybe you found someone you like better. There he goes, and smash. And I love it. It's not a cartoon, so that was just like, you just punched her with a grapefruit. Yeah, you just punched her with a grapefruit. And so James But Cagney, I, I never, never knew that. that actress, Bart is wearing the striped, the striped the striped pajamas. Yeah, pajamas that, that, that's like the, the one the visual Cagney, part of the scene, yeah. I never would have got that. Yeah. Uh, this is an insane sequence. So people mix up James Cagney and Edward, Edward G. Robinson a lot. Yeah, what are you talking about, Bob? Huh? James Cagney is like, you dirty rat. Yeah. And Edward G. Robinson is like, yeah, man. Yeah. What are you talking about, Bob? So never mix them up. They're different. He's, well, that's all you need to know is that uh, Edward G. Robinson is, uh, not Quimby, Jesus Christ, Wiggum. Yeah. That's Wiggum. Exactly. Ah, boys. Uh, like, that's Quimby. And James uh, Cagney saying Yankee Doodle Dandy poorly. <laughs> Yankee Doodle Dandy, sorry. The, but it brings up the good yes. topic about dames. What are we going to do about them? Uh, you rub grapefruits in all their faces. <laughs> my, make some laws. My Tie mom, buckets of the heads. <laughs> my mom loved the learned joke. She liked that learned. quite a lot. And uh, she had to explain to me that that is the correct way to say it. Learned. learned. Like, but learned makes more sense. I like it. the different cowboy constellations. That's Jerry, the cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Alan. These are all great sequences. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. hard, to, hard to get clips of. Well, uh, meanwhile, so Lisa has to resist till midnight to mm-hmm. call the thing, which it's a good ticking Dude. clock and it's a nice sequence. It mm-hmm. almost made me think that they were going to cut. It's all in one shot. And I think 
I wonder if they planned on interspersing it a little more throughout the episode, mm-hmm. but they realized like if it starts at seven and ends at midnight, yeah. days can't pass in oh, the Homer yeah. and Le- Bart story. Well, because because the, look at um, the, the B plot ends with like multiple sequences left in the main story. Yeah. yeah. And I I also think though, I don't know, I don't think a fix to addiction is Hey, you made it past midnight this yeah, one like time. Cold turkey. You beat it. You're done. Well, well the director, maybe for um, Lisa's, Lisa's addiction. It's a phone addiction. But the director, Jeffrey Lynch, who I think is one of the most talented non-first-string directors. Not, yeah. Like, uh, he did the entire scene himself, and he was afraid he went too far, but people loved oh, it. Was it. Great. Yeah, and yeah. he directed some great like visual episodes like The Curse of the Flying Hellfish. Mm-hmm. That was his. Oh, and I think he did movie. the first uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns? Or maybe the second. Boys. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and also he is, he went on to be the visual animation director for the Spider-Man films, the Sam That's Raimi right. Spider-Man mm. films. So. The least best Spider-Man Well, hey, no way. They're better than Amazing. I'll watch, well, I'd watch Amazing 2 before I watch Spider-Man Sorry, 3, I but I'd watch Spider-Man 1 and 2 before watching Amazing seems 1 fair. and 2. Uh, I, I just, again, I want to point out the dated nature of the time and temperature phone number. Mm-hmm. Which we all oh, oh yes. true. Yeah. So when I was a kid, yeah. I, I think when you're a kid, you you just delight kid? in having agency over something. Yeah. And I loved calling that number. In fact, I know it by heart. It's seven four seven one four one one. You have my, so many internet connected devices that have an atomic clock or a yeah. connection with a major clock. This is our only our only connection was to call the phone company. I just like and being I'm able. Like, to... Why is my fucking why is my VCR five minutes off? <laughs> like I got to call the phone company and yeah. know what real time it is. <laughs> but like I said, um, as a kid, I I didn't have anyone to call. Of course, yeah. I no friends i was like three but it's like if i call a number this guy will save the time and that's like a great feeling like i have control over this mad because i'm spending money because i'm not and when you had young semi-gay relationships with friends and no women uh (laughs) and you wanted them to call you on the phone you'd call that number and like just call in between the hours of like beep in between 12 so my phone doesn't ring i did not have this arrangement we me and my buddy steve did like he would we would i would call that number and wait for him to beep in otherwise the phones would ring and wake up the whole house and and so i spent so much time on the phone with time and we called it time and temperature in florida uh i I, it's not a thing it's not a thing it is amazing to think of a time when a phone call would wake up the entire house yeah people didn't have private lines. the one phone is ringing yeah someone's dead you you would call it to like uh we got to set up this computer what time is it really Mm. Um, I'm not going to trust my VCR or my stove or my <laughs> grandfather clock. Uh, I'm going to so call time and temperature. We we have not met Peppy yet. He's in this episode, but I want to say that he is based on the um, comic strip character Dondi. And you're you're maybe saying who's Dondi? I don't know either. Mm-hmm. But apparently, he was a uh, an Italian war refugee <laughs> child. Yes. Uh, and there was a comic from, from from the 50s to the 80s. There was a Dondi comic, sort of like a little orphan Annie style character. I n- had never seen this comic in my life with giant eyes. Yeah. That was Dondi. And so, yeah, they, they just wanted a pitiful kid. Yeah, Papa Homer. Yeah. And, uh, but then Homer. meanwhile, like, uh, so when Bart finds out about it, first off, Homer gives away a skateboard, which actually was very nice. Like, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, nice. kind of a dick move. But then Bart Bart does uh, a Harry Met Sally. Well, Matt I also Ryan. did like Homer's line, you're not the only one who can abuse a nonprofit <laughs> <Yeah>. organization. <laughs> Charity-based revenge. Yeah, this is the, the filthiest joke to date. gross joke. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Homer, have you seen my skateboard? I gave it to Peppy. Who the hell is Peppy? He's my little brother. That's right. You're not the only one who can abuse a nonprofit organization. Who needs you? Tom's a better father than you ever were. Come on, Bart. We had our fun. Remember when I used to push you on the swing? I was faking it. <gasps> Liar! Oh, yeah? Remember this? Higher, Dad. Higher! Wee! Hey. Wee! Push harder, Dad. Come on. Stop higher, that. higher, faster! 
Stop it! Stop it! I'll have what he's having. <laughs> Bart looks sad at the very end. He's like, oh, I went yeah, too far. Because Bart's I, smarter than his father. I do remember my sister laughing at that joke, and I was like, well, I get why it's funny to me, but she's laughing a lot harder than I am. I, I don't know. She's I, older than me. So. Talking to my sister, like, she did... She she faked childhood orgasms for our family to make them happy. That's an like, I, I never would, trick. I never would have thought to do that. Like I don't. Ca- I never cared about my parents' happiness. She did. <laughs> she did. She did numerous things to make that's everybody crazy. happy. Like that's what she does. Uh, so then we get to the finale. They go to Sea World. Yeah. So first off, Homer with the dolphin. I want to hear that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Come and get it. <laughs> Come and get it. <laughs> Stupid dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes me laugh. I love when he's form. restrained by the employees. Yeah. I thought but, I remembered him punching the dolphin, but he doesn't. Yeah. But the laugh. They mentioned it in the commentary, and I double checked this. This is a reference to a short. Yeah. I thought so, yeah. It's a reference to a Tracy Ullman short mm-hmm. uh, called Zoo Story. That's If you look it up, that's where you I watched it. this 10 years ago, and I'm like, why is his face doing that? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Pointing different directions because they were yeah. made. That is, They're, so they go to the zoo. Mm-hmm. Bart wants a peanut. Mm-hmm. Homer won't share it with him. It's very. You watch. I rewatched a lot of those. Bart is the main character, constantly talking to the audience, mm-hmm. and it also has this weird, like, kind of kid against the world spirit mm-hmm. too. That feels very grainy. Oh yeah, like really, life is hell. And so it's life in hell, sir. In the zoo episode. Bart is like, I don't want to be at the zoo. Can I have a peanut? Homer won't share the peanut because he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. And then he's taunting a gorilla and say, and he's like, uh, you want a peanut? No. He pulls it back. And every time he pulls it back, he then laughs with the same facial structure <laughs> yeah. as in this one. That's why it's so specific it, when he's taunting the dolphin because it's, it's the same. It's very weird. If, you, if you're not watching this episode, you don't know why this scene is so jarring. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember it. I had but, to ask you guys, I think two years ago, like, what the fuck? is up with this scene like he's oh, not like no boy one. these are my peanuts but, yeah, it's his, have one. but his face is all over the place in mm-hmm. it because his face was so wacky in the original version yeah. the, the punchline there is literally he had shit thrown in his face and i think like oh yeah, yeah. but but you could say it's dirt for for the sensors but like mm-hmm. he clearly got shit thrown for this update face. fox no sensors. but I, I think when you're talking about like uh Brooks sitting people down like this episode is too all over the place this is a very obscure reference yeah and, and the obscure reference lies in season zero of the yes. show which like even me like I haven't seen I don't know if I've seen everything I think arguably the twister mouths are a Tracy Ullman <laughs> reference when they're when yeah. the head yeah. twists on the jawline uh, is that we still your profile picture we'll on Twitter oh yeah yeah Bart yeah. saying blood Bam. yeah <laughs> I think I did a good audio approximation of that. Yeah, you need to, like, <laughs> de- detach your jaw from your face, though. Well, Twist your mouth. And then Homer happily uh, is like, oh, I'm a drunken gambler. He meets Tom. A drunken gambler. Come on, Bart. You know better than to talk to strangers. For your information, I'm his father. His father? The drunken gambler? That's right. And who might you be? <laughs> Homer proudly identifies as a drunken gambler. One of my favorite jokes that doesn't work in audio form is... One, Homer throwing starfish as ninja stars. Yeah. And two... And Tom going, there you go. There you go. Throwing him in the tank to live again and be eaten by sharks and giving and a great dough. dough. It's he's... so good. Yeah, I And like you when... know, when you say that's supposed to be Tom Cruise, there's mm-hmm. no entertainment out of Phil Hartman saying dough. Mm-hmm. It's Tom Cruise saying, saying dough. dough. Yeah. That was the joke. Yeah. Uh, this is an over-the-top crazy fight that feels like they... 
We're like, let's just do the nuttiest fight we can. And it's very clearly from a certain film that I only watch because they identify in the commentaries. Mm. Then I finally watched it in like 2005. The Quiet Man. Mm. Yeah, I never I never watched it, so actually. I, I, though I doubt I would have ever agreed with them politically, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy an artist I like disagree. Pence. But anyway, yeah. uh, John Ford and John Wayne made a bunch of amazing movies together. Though I really had only had seen their westerns. This one is not a western. It's actually a comedy they did where John Wayne is an American, but who Ooh. goes back to his family ancestral home in Ireland because, like, uh, a, a rich relative passed away and he's going to inherit the place. Mm-hmm. And so then he meets he meets all the people in this small Irish town and they hate him, like, get out of here, Yankee. And including this uh, guy who's like this drunk older brother of Maureen O'Hara mm-hmm. who she then falls in love with John Wayne. And the the older brother hates him, and they get in a fight for it's basically like thirty minutes long, <laughs> where they fight through the entire town. Uh, Al Jean talks about how they filmed a lot of it at this castle in Ireland. That when he went on his honeymoon with his second wife, that they play it every day at the wow. at the at the castle because they're like you're in this place, <laughs> and here's it's it's such a funny, crazy, stupid long fight. Where these guys are just beating each other up mm. for for a ridiculous amount of time. That's I, I, what I didn't the grab the clip. It, the news is talking about it, which would make yeah. a lot more sense in a yeah. modern version of this. Yeah, fight you got scene. the Quiet Man is <sighs> is tons of fun. I I liked it a lot. And and, uh, and, and uh, but by the way, it was made seventy years ago, so you will yeah. see things that are like politically wrong, like they're not cool. <laughs> now I'm putting like, you on the hook for that, Hank. <laughs> you recommend so, it? It's, pro- it's a problematic fave. There is okay. one like uh, five second scene, which is a direct parody of the Street Fighter Two opening uh, yes and here's the thing like in the street fighter 2 opening you might not have seen it before it's yeah. the arcade opening it's it's an unnamed white guy it punching features, out an unnamed black it guy it features two unknown who now have histories oh they do yeah oh do they have but, wiki pages yeah they have okay. they, no no officially by the company white shirts too. officially by the company they have yeah. they have character bios now and i watched the clip of the intro it's it's not that bow, close bow, but bow, 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 exactly that totally bow, kick-ass bow, uh what's bow, it cheap bow, trick ripoff bow, soundtrack yeah, okay yeah. well um so I imagine like it's what the animators remember seeing in the game. They don't have direct reference of that footage because it's arcade so only. Weird. Not yeah. gonna, they they have, can't emulate it or watch it on YouTube. It's not. Yeah. On, it wasn't on Super Nintendo. It wasn't. No, they cut it, that out. Yeah. 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 Wow. But it was. Uh, wow. I never made that connection. It, it's it's when Tom punches Homer out. It's no, so you're completely right. Obviously, it. You're totally right. Yeah. And, it's like the the first. Well, not the first. Uh, the first very specific video game reference but, outside of Mike Tyson's. Punch yeah, the punch out, out ones really. But when important. you see them roll into the ravine and then roll back, <laughs> they up fight the up ravine. the gorge. Yeah. Yeah. I love that joke, but you can totally see why James L. Brooks would be like, "What the fuck are we doing?" <laughs> but there's a great. There's a great. Why am I working scene. on a cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> there's a great scene where they fight into a. Uh, I think it's a china shop. Yeah. And Homer just is <laughs> like in there breaking yeah! things. It's like, <laughs> oh right, and yeah. Tom has to be like, "Come on, let's go." <laughs> I, I just, I didn't think the end would work for me as well as it did. But I'm, I have way too much shit to do. I need to get out. Of, I need to fly out of here. Uh, and this that ending hurts. This is even more painful than it looks. Yeah, getting <laughs> so... punched over a hydrant with it jamming into your back. Yes, this is even I thought and landing was on your head. Yeah, that. and just, I think. When I watched it originally, I think uh, the the whole family watching it, like we all like gasped, like, 
Yeah. Like, just Does his like head like crack the pavement yeah. too, or I his head touches so. the pavement? Yeah. He's doing a back bend with no arms over a fire hydrant. There's great foley in that scene too. It cracks. You yeah, hear it like, crack. <laughs> He gets in. A, he gets in. A, he gets on a gurney and Pepe and Tommy. I'm glad Yay. Pepe got a, a happy end. But I, I thought it was more funny. The end this is sweet. Where Homer teaches his son how to be a fucking coward. Yeah, and like in a fight. Like start fights and then finish it like this. Dad, remember when Tom had you in that headlock and you screamed, "I'm a hemophiliac!" And when he let you go, you kicked him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Will you teach me how to do that? Sure, boy. First. You gotta shriek like a woman and keep sobbing till he turns away in disgust. That's when it's time to kick some back. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's lying out on the ground, yeah. kick him in the rib. Yeah. Step on his neck. Yeah. And run like hell. <laughs> Step on his neck. Oh, I love it. I love it when Bart gets to be a little kid and so, um, and it's all terrible. Like scene. that's when it's time to kick some, some back. back. It's yeah. so great. So I have a theory about this. Like a woman until he turns away. Yeah, disgust your enemy and they kick them in the spine. So my theory about this episode, I was thinking, uh, Henry and Chris, like listening to the uh, commentaries, I get, I get the sense that uh, mid season four production, everyone was leaving. Uh, Algie and Mike Reese were writing the critic at this time. Logan Waladarski leave. Yeah, while doing post production on these episodes, they were doing other stuff. So I feel like the, this was a season three episode. They could not get Tom Cruise. They would scrap it. Yeah. But they needed an episode, like the Prince episode. Mm. They scrapped because they couldn't get Prince. But I feel like they had. They just needed content. I think you're right. Yeah. I you're mean, yeah. Right. I feel like. Yeah, like the season four and onwards was kind of like like the midpoint was like anything goes because everyone was leaving. There was a new staff coming in. Algina and Mike were going to be doing the critics soon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this kind of got through, but I like it. I mean, I don't think it's as I, bad as James L. Brooks thought. I loved it as a kid. I like it now. I didn't remember uh, Tom Cruise being – I've listened to the comments here. I didn't remember that because yeah. I'm drunk and dumb and <laughs> I forget everything all the time. Uh, but I, I didn't remember that, and knowing that now means like this. This is the a plot. It is horribly underserved, it, and yeah. I think a lot of those visual and audio references would make more mm-hmm. sense if Tom Cruise was doing it the voice. Absolutely, make more sense of especially even if why if why he was more rare. But I would guess they had to play it down. I um, wonder if they even animated were like just in case, like he might show up and we could get him to do the the fill it in. It seems very weird. I want to assume the character would look more like him if yeah. it was actually Tom Cruise. That would be a, like a huge get for that show it at the time. Been. It would have been their most famous person to to that point. Outside I'd, of Ringo, he's bigger. Hunger told me wool. Okay, <laughs> I'd say in 1992, Tom Cruise was not bigger than Paul McCartney, but no. he is bigger than Ringo. Oh yeah, I'd for sure. I mean, Ringo was How in Chinese Time Station then, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Once Paul dies, we will be going to see the Beatles live mm. with Ringo and a couple of other people. Oh boy. Well, I mean, Ringo, Ringo and the rest of the Beatles. <laughs> Ringo will happen. I'm predicting the future. Ringo famously does his all-star band oh, where yeah. he just like. Tours with good music. <laughs> Sorry, Ringo. Like I love you. Play Octopus's Garden again. Please. I have to go pee. You guys have to close. Well, all right. Okay. Well, hey, let's <laughs> let's have a chat, Henry. Uh, so good episode. Uh, a good. A what good if one. Tom Cruise was? Here? I just can't keep. I have to. I keep thinking of that. Ever since I heard these commentaries, like, oh my god, mm. we missed the Tom Cruise episode. Though I do think of, I think of this in regards to season five, where. If this was what he was told not to do, then you watch season five like, no, season five is wacky town. Like, it really Homer, is. and I Homer's feel, just meaner. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if James L. Brooks was as attached to the show in season five, but I feel yeah. like a lot more things were crazier than this. Yeah, Way like crazier. Dave, like, compare this episode to, say, Homer going into outer space and uh, his face transforming into Popeye, yeah. for example. Or or uh, the Thelma Louise one. McKean's... But 
even a season four episode like Cape Fear was like total senioritis. Let, yes. Any joke can go. We're leaving the show. Who cares? And yeah. some people resented them for that. And we'll talk about that when we get to that episode. Mm. But um, yes, this has been Talking Simpsons. Chris has left us to pee. But I am still Bob Mackey holding in my pee for the sake of you listeners. Yes. And you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And you can also find me on my other podcast, Retronauts. It's a classic gaming podcast. Find that every Monday at Retronauts.com or USGamer.net. And I also write for Fandom. Go to Fandom.com. Read my features every day of your damn life. Henry. Now that you work at Fandom, it saves me time of explaining <laughs> it that I work with you at what, Fandom.com. What's it powered by? Wikia. Of course. And you can see our wonderful writing on Fandom.com. I just oiled the Wikia, Wikia machine today. Uh, and I'm also on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Mm. And I'm still a part of the Laser Time family as well, where you can hear me on other podcasts. But most importantly, this is brought to you by supporters like you, who support yeah. Laser Time via Patreon at LaserTime at patreon.com slash laser time five dollars a month will get you access to a ton of great exclusive content including the first season of talking simpson and the season two three and four it's specials true. and a bunch of other great stuff the advertisers are afraid of the show and we need this to live and I, my only observation is that my pants eat shit casper my pants stink uh, because I, they were rained on yesterday, and I didn't put so, them, I didn't put pants on until you guys came over, and I'm wearing like wet pants from like last weekend. You're asking for a bonobos. I need uh, pants. I, get this I man pants. some pants. <laughs> Give me some pants. I'm looking at you, Vice President Mike Pants. Oh wow, help me out here. That's his name, all right. We'll I, be back. I don't read a lot. <laughs> we'll be back next week with I Love Lisa, a classic. <gasps> See you then. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.